I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Deputy Editor Dave Schofield from Behind the Steel Curtain coming at you. Yes, I am currently by myself right now um, with a change in schedule. We didn't know that if we were going to get to do a Stat Geek before the next game or if it was going to be pushed off till Friday. I uh, didn't really think about doubling up on Monday like we we doubled up on Tuesday some with the hangover and stat geek whenever there was a Monday night game. And for some reason, it just wasn't something that we thought about until over the weekend. So we're like, oh, wait, maybe we can just double up on Monday, depending on how things went. So here we go. Uh, as of right now, we're a little bit later because I was seeing if I gave a little bit more time, if if my brother could join me yet again, um, if he gets a chance to, to get home and can hop on, um, he will later on if he can if not you're stuck with just me for this week but uh oh well i'm sorry i apologize so to kick things off as usual uh we just want to thank you all for the support if you haven't already and you're on your phone you're watching this live getting ready to do the live chat you can hit the little x button on the live chat it'll just go away temporarily hit that thumbs up button and then hit the live chat again and come right back to it which means that's one of the best things you can do to, to help us, uh, to help support our content. And that is to give us the thumbs up on YouTube, give us the like or the five-star rating on anywhere that you're um, listening to this in podcast form. So here we go. Big win yesterday. 
Very big win. I was at the game. I was there with my brother. We were um, sitting in my seats, which is nice to do. Um, we are undefeated when the two of us go and 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 sit in my seats for the game. I say that now because this year my brother also has his own seats that he is splitting with someone else. But uh, we had um, Kevin ended up from who listens to the podcasts. He ended up. Uh, purchasing those tickets from my brother and we met up with him beforehand and you got if you guys didn't see where we went live before the game yesterday kevin was there kevin was a part of that and uh helped to really lead some chance and everything with that so uh that that was just a real nice experience Re- really great experience with the game um if you follow me on twitter you might have seen where i did i didn't post it until today that uh one of the when we were making our rounds places, we did happen to, to, to go through the um, the Iron City tailgate area, and I was able to, with the mask, get a picture with Pittsburgh Dad. Um, so I posted that on my Twitter. If if you didn't see that and you want to check that out, you can go check out my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at STLR Superfan Dad. Um, that's kind of how things are going. And I just got an email about something that just reminded me. This is fantastic. Boy, oh boy, there was a lot of crazy stuff that went down this weekend with NFL football. I know it's still going on right now, currently, um, unless there's been a change in score in the last, last five minutes. It's um, San Francisco is up on Seattle 10 to nothing. But, man, lots of upsets. So many upsets that our survivor pool got knocked down all the way to seven people. We are now down to seven people across the six leagues, actually across five leagues. Cause it was one league where everybody's out. Everyone that was left, it tells you you're the winner. But like I said, it's not, it's, it's not, um, just about winning your league. I've had to contact several people and I just got an email from one of the people I was trying to contact because their email was not working. Um, so I'm going to have to get back to him because if the, of in three of the leagues, there's only one person left, which means they can't make picks anymore. So luckily I go in, I'm keeping a record of all these picks and they'll just have to submit them to me and they'll be included in part of the articles. But we are down to a magnificent seven in the survivor pool. So one of those seven people will be earning themselves an autographed David DeCastro football, which is, um, it's, it's a, it's a pretty neat thing. I want to do this again next year. This has been a lot of fun doing the survivor pool. Uh, I'm, I hope you all, th- those of you that were able to get on that, uh, were, was able to enjoy it. So as we like to do, this is why I, was, I, I know I could have bumped the stat geek back to to over the weekend, and it would have kind of changed the format because we would have just been talking about numbers from two games, and then the next week we would talk just about the next game because um, I'd have two shows with no game in between them, and it just didn't quite seem right. So keeping the format the same, talking about the numbers. I know I kind of miss it just being able to talk football with my brother, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he can jump in here later. Lots of great numbers from 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 what I can say yesterday. First of all, I didn't get to see. Maybe someone can help me out in the live chat. I haven't been looking at the live chat at all um, yet. I'll let you know when I turn there. How long? What what was the runtime of that game? Because that game, 
it took forever. It took forever. It, I got home really, really late for a 425 game. Um, when I got back to Station Square, we had a problem actually being able to exit the parking garage. It took us an extra 20 minutes because we didn't give us a ticket when we came in because everything was out of out of order, not working. And then it was just a it was just a nightmare. But uh, made it home safely. Got home late at night. Had to do some BTSC responsibilities. But it was a great game. My favorite number from all this. I don't know if I can narrow it to just one. So I'm going to do a couple. Here you go. One. One of 14, 13 or 14. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I, I'm forgetting. Bottom line is the Rams only converted one third down the entire game. One. And that third down conversion came on a play where I'm trying, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was, it was in the beginning of the second half, and I'm pretty sure that they, that they had a penalty but they were able to get – it was a penalty on the Steelers, but they were able to gain the first down anyway, if I'm remembering it correctly. But they had one, 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 one third or fourth down conversion because they didn't convert any other fourth downs. They were 0 for 2 on fourth downs. So they had one conversion when the Steelers could put them in those situations. And ironically, the very next play after that conversion was the Joe Hayden interception. So that it was just uh, an overall great, fantastic defensive performance. How about the number of three? And that was the defense only gave up three points for the entire game. Yes, the Rams scored twelve, but they scored they scored a touchdown on a defensive touchdown uh, fourteen seconds into the game, which I would really like to just erase that memory from the whole thing which was very, very interesting. Um, some places count that extra point against the defense, but I'm like, come on, you can't count that extra point against the defense. Yes, they were on the field for it, but there wouldn't even be an extra point if it wasn't for someone else giving up the touchdown. And then, of course, we know that the other two points that the Steelers surrendered were on the safety. But the defense came out, had some crazy great numbers, I'm, uh, I, I had an article that came out th this morning that was analyzing everything by the numbers. I wrote it last night very, very late, so I'm trying to even remember what all these numbers were. We had like 13 passes defensed, all kinds of great things. Um, some, some various things. I know there was times that the offense struggled. There was only one offensive touchdown scored in the entire game, but it was the, for the Steelers. Um, it was James Washington who last week set records in both receptions and yards in an NFL game in his career, and then broke them again this week, which was pretty great. So what I'm going to do now is I want to look at, now remember, here's the rules. We are talking about numbers from this past game, specifically from this past game, that that you really stood out to you that really helped to lead to the Steelers' win. So um, I'm now turning my attention to the live chat. So if you said anything earlier, now is the time to say it. Um, if you need to repeat it, to say what, what number stood out to you all the most from this win that the Steelers got on Sunday over the Rams. Okay. Let's see. What do we got? Um, here's this is kind of a um, kind of a, a, a oh, well, I was going to say, here's a question I'm going to bring up just for a second. Um, it says any theories on all the drop passes and fumbled balls last night. 
I have some ideas and some thoughts on that, but uh, with it being such a short week, I'm probably going to put an article out in the when we have the extended time after the Browns game about some interesting stuff about that. It's funny we focus so much on Mason Rudolph. What is Mason Rudolph doing? How is he progressing? What's going on with him? That now I, I know the defenses would be playing completely different. They're the they would have to probably respect a lot more of the passing game so much more than they are if it was number seven rather than number two. But let's say it was the same situation and it was number seven and not number two on the uniform of the person playing quarterback. And if those and these same things were happening, instead of talking about, oh, is the what's going on with the with the young with the young quarterback, we would be saying Wow, how much are these young receivers letting down their quarterback in some key moments? So that did happen, and there were some key drops. And out of those four key drops, three of them were on third downs, which is huge. So uh, Tyler says, uh, how about another six from Minka? I'll be honest with you, that was crazy in the stadium. I'm sitting there cheering, but yet we were cheering, and I'm turning the people around me and my brother, and I'm like, can we get too excited? Was that you know, they're like that, that was probably a forward pass because we couldn't, we couldn't see, and they weren't showing a replay. And when they don't show a replay, we're like, Oh, they don't want anyone to see. It's not like it could be challenged or anything because it was a scoring play. So there was that going on and we're like, well, what are we doing? Can we really celebrate? Can we really celebrate? And then next thing you know, they're kicking the extra point and we're, we go ecstatic. Um, I, the game was not on in my area, so I could not DVR the game to rewatch it. So all I have to go on is what I saw in stadium. And uh, that that was pretty – I mean, I saw later that it seemed like he was trying to move his arm forward, but the ball was just not in his hand at all. It, it was it, it was pretty interesting. So let's see what else we got. We got more people saying about the six um, for, for Minka. Um Lance, your number you brought up here, that is not actually correct of the 1.7 yards per carry. I calculated that last night of actually 1.56 yards per rush for the Steelers, unless they went back and changed the statistic. Um, Because, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, wait, we put that down as a run, and here really it was a pass, and or vice versa. That it was, that it was, it was actually 1.5 repeating is what it was for the act for the yards per carry, which was. Um, sorry, uh, Lance, Lance, you must've read my article. You're bringing all my stuff. Cause you said, yeah, how about 17 punts? I talked about that. It was over 700 yards combined between the two teams in punts, which was, uh, almost, it was 180 some yards more than they were combined in total offense. So the ball moved more via punt than it did in any other way. But of course those don't count the field goal kicks. Um, how about, uh, what was it? Was it 56? Was that the number of the missed field goal at the end of the half? Um, <laughs> I did exactly what my brother told me to do. Uh, you guys might get a kick out of this. Um, I don't always wear the helmet. I don't wear the helmet the whole time during the game. I want to be able to see and everything else and talk. But I put the helmet on, and then I got the hand out because I was ready to use the force. And as he goes to kick it, I just take my hand and sweep it to the left. And what do you know? Which way does he miss it? He misses it to the left. He was kicking it away from us. But uh, that was a whole lot of fun. The people around me got a kick out of it. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'll bring this up real quick. That um, says that Minka is now leading one Mr. Third and Fifth in touchdowns on the season. Um, that is true. But the other thing is 
Uh, Trey Edmonds now has more interceptions this year than Terrell Edmonds, uh, which was pretty funny. So let's see if I can get caught up here. Uh, yeah, Lance says, oops, it's worse. Yeah, 1.7 was bad enough, but it, that, that could be off a little bit depending on where you get your stats because some of them, they usually don't. It usually takes a couple of days before all different places that compile stats get them all, you know, get them all uniform. So uh, that 1.7 could be correct. I just know what I what I was going off last night. Um, here, I'm, I'm going to bring up this comment where Mr. Big says, I don't think Rudolph gets enough credit. I think the receivers have to step up more and not drop the ball and fumble. That's true. The James Washington fumble, that play was coming at my end of the end zone. He was running towards us. I'm, I'm just, my seats are just outside the upright not of not on the side where James Washington was running down, which would be if you're watching on TV, the side towards the camera, which would be the home side. Mine's just outside of the um, just outside of the of the goalposts um, towards the visitor side. But that was that was interesting. But my, both my brother and I said as we went, we're like uh, he held he kept the ball in his right hand with the defenders coming from his right as he head towards the sideline where he could have shifted it to his left or just covered it up knowing that they were coming, but to hold it out like that towards where the defenders were, that was where the mistake really went down. Um, um, I saw what I really want to put up here, but it skipped. Where'd it go? Here we go. Solar verse zero interceptions for Mason. Yes. Now he did have the one interception where his arm was hit, but it was uh, already a, uh, Surprised it was a pass interference because of the way the ball came out. I thought it might have been a holding, but hey, it is what it is. Okay. Um, man, Lance, you're all over this. I know how much you love throwing me numbers and uh, and everything. And you were trying to give me a bunch of stuff to look up today. But um, with the show being on Monday, I, I had to go with what I was already going with. So um, Steelers D is averaging close to three turnovers per game. Yeah, they have 26 turnovers. Sorry. Let's say it this way. 26 takeaways on the season. With they've and they've turned it over 13 times, so they have so it's a that two to one ratio for the season so far. That's really good. So you're you're talking about for every turnover, your offense or special teams because we've had that as well um, is is having you're getting two in return, and, and it's kind of it's funny that it worked out that way because what I was saying last week was. Uh, I, I was hoping, hey, this maybe this is the game the Steelers play completely clean, and that's what they're going to have to do to win the game. Well, they didn't. <laughs> How many plays into the game was it? It was 14 seconds into the game where they have a turnover that turns into a touchdown. Um, and I'm like, well, there goes the no turnover. I'm like, well, they're going to have to do a lot more. And then you had the James Washington one. And I'm like, my goodness. But they fought back and fought back and fought back. And they, they're making turnovers. And what do you know? They finished plus two. And, and it's it's really tough to figure out that um, – you know, you can't always bank on having that many turnovers. But I know I want to get back to what, what people were saying. But it's it's interesting because I said it to the people around me at the game with Trey Edmonds' interception on the fake punt. Is I'm like, it would have been just the same if he had dropped it. They would have got the ball in the same spot because it was right around. I mean, I think they might have lost a yard even by him intercepting it. But I'm like, but I'd rather not have that yard and have the momentum from that turnover. But then again, when they were had a, a horrible series where they got pushed back and penalties and they were on the cusp of field goal range. I mean, they were basically at a, in a long field goal range, although it was the open end of the stadium. 
And uh, it wasn't really didn't feel breezy in the stadium, but it was breezy when I came across in the Gateway Clipper. That it was pretty breezy out there, so that's what confuses things with that end of the stadium. Um, so that would have been interesting. But I'm like, just gain some of the yards, and you're okay. But they just kept moving backwards. But um, usually, when you get a turnover in that circumstance, that's even better than even just a stop because of the momentum that it can get. Uh, let's see if we got any any other numbers got coming in here, man. Um, yeah, Lance says, yeah, that 1.6, that's because my 1.55 rounds up to the 1.6. Um, so Double H just says, I am, as you are probably are, worried about the O, can't step up during the game when the D is gassed and, and not lucky to be getting turnovers recovered. Uh, it's interesting because I saw, I was at the Miami game with my dad. And then I was at this game with my brother. And I'll tell you what, what I saw was a completely different quarterback. The the quarterback that seemed like he hadn't played for a while because he hadn't, but that shouldn't be an excuse, um, that was throwing behind guys and just not really sure what he was doing um, at times, just didn't seem very accurate. I mean, he was putting the ball in small windows not for his receivers to always catch it. And I got to thinking about this, and this might be something that I'm going to have to dive into for an article coming up, where where people are complaining about, oh, he's not taking the shot. Oh, he's got guys that he could throw to further downfield. Oh, he wants to dump everything off. The the question is this, and I don't really, you don't need to answer this in live chat or anything, but just just think about this because Maybe, maybe we can get this discussion going when I get the article out. Make sure you check it out behind the steel curtain after the next game sometime. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was is it is Mason's lack of confidence that people believe that he thinks he has in himself or in his receivers? Because based on what I saw yesterday, I wouldn't have had much confidence in those receivers when they're dropping the balls in key moments. So, or is it a combination of both? So. Some pretty good stuff. I'm going to see if I can catch up a little bit here. You guys have already been great. Lots of stuff going on there. Um, great numbers. Um, hey, I, this is the one I'm going to talk about. This is going to be the last one I do before we move on. How about Kevin Daughtry? Is it is it Daughtry or or Daughtry? I don't. Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin. It's Kevin. It's it's the Kevin. Okay, six current playoff seed. How you like that? Um, that's that means now that everything is within the Steelers' control from this point on. If you would have thought that at any point of the season, when this, especially when the Steelers were zero and three, that if they would ever have a point in the season where they could say, "Hey, we are currently in the playoffs right now," if they started, so this is ours to keep or ours to lose, you you never would have thought that. I, I did an article about that that I said the Steelers are on the verge of controlling their own destiny. People are like, "Well, that's just crazy." Blah blah blah. Well, yeah, because you're like, "Well, they're, they're, it's not like they're going to win out." But you are now at a point that says, "Hey, here we are. If we don't do it, it's because 
we didn't take care of business. They no longer need any help from anyone to get in the postseason. Now, if they drop a game, that changes. But that's on them. Now, you could even say that was on them before because of the hole they dug themselves in. Yes, but you are at this moment right now. Then you'll be, if something happens later on where they drop a game and they're out because Oakland's got a super cake schedule right now and everything else, and you could say, oh, well, what, what happens there? You know what? They they had their chance in the second half of the season. So I'll take it. That's exactly what getting bent with both says. I'll take it. I don't know if you're answering that or something else, but that's that's what we got. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a poker reference, which is funny because I think that might be why my brother's not not here. Is he says, All you need is a chip and a chair. Okay. So so that's true. So let's go ahead and move transition over i'm going to turn away from the live chat again but now i'll have a chance to come back and like i say once we come back if you want to use the super chat feature which we have where you can type in your 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 answer or your question or your number and then hit the dollar sign thing donate anything any amount you want to the show i will definitely queue it up um whenever the time comes that we we open that up um so if you want to use that be ready but like i said if don't don't feel like you have to use your hard-earned money here we're just happy if you go in and give us the thumbs up and, and like the, and, and, and like the show. So, all right, let's get into this week coming up or this, if you can call it a week coming up, because my goodness, Mike Tomlin already had his press conference today because they had to, they had to push everything up. They had to release an injury report today with no practice, no practice but you get a phantom injury report from both teams because you're required to do the three leading up to your game. So it's always the way they do it. So for a Thursday night, for a Thursday night game, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even if you don't practice, you got to go with, okay, what do you think would have happened? So coach Tom had to say what he thought would have happened. And the big news there was if we were practicing today, James Connor would have been a full participant. Now, could something have happened during practice that could have set him back that would change that to limited? Sure, but they didn't practice that would have changed it. So if he was coming in full at the beginning and there was no practice to have, they, then he was still full at the end. So James James Conner was, was listed as a full participant. Ramon Foster was listed as a limited participant because being in the concussion protocol, that is how it would be in order for him to then go on with everything else. That's, that's just how it works. So, so he was, so Ramon Foster was limited. James Connor was full. They don't expect Benny Snell or Roosevelt Knicks. And then there was three in-game injuries that they said did not practice today. Didn't mean that they would, that, that, that in a weekly progression, they wouldn't have been back, but because of what happened yesterday, there was no way they would have practiced today. Ryan Switzer with the back, Ola Adenier with the hip and Anthony Ciccolo with a cartilage issue with his ribs is the way Coach Tomlin described it, which is could be very concerning because that's your two outside linebacking reserves. And if both of them are injured on a short week, that's something to keep an eye on. So make sure you're paying attention. Uh, I, I get an injury report out every day once we get it from the Steelers. And I get that out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so you can check it out there. So this is an interesting thing, because the title of the show is um, The Short Week's Bad for the Steelers, 
but it's worse for the Browns. And you're like, how can it be worse for the Browns? They're at home. They instantly get the advantage there. Yeah, they do. I don't know about you all. Anyone else think it's crazy that the Browns are favored by two and a half points in this game? I know when Jeff and Lance talked on the postgame show last night, I wasn't able to catch it live because I was leaving the game. But uh, I was able I actually listened to it on my on my drive home from the stadium. Um, that they're, they just assumed that the Steelers would probably be favored in these next three games. Well, at Cleveland, they are not. The Browns are favored by two and a half points, which ironically is exactly what they were favored by when the schedule was released in April. So the Steelers are not favored to win this game, but not by much, but they're going on the road. So, so the question is, why am I saying that this is worse for the Browns? And I mentioned this a little bit last week on the preview. I got some more numbers to back it up. And that is, you know who doesn't do very well on a short week? Teams with new head coaches. The earlier in the season that the game is on Thursday night, the worse they do for the most part. Um, so, I mean, sometimes there's some like fifth week, 15, 16 games, things like that, that, that they're, they're, they're not as good. The problem is this is a hard week. This is a hard week to prepare. This is a, a hard week to get your players back and ready and healthy. But when it comes to the preparation, that is difficult for a first year coach and especially a first time head coach to do this. And here are the numbers. I looked at the last. Um, I think the last four or five seasons, and I, I think this is what I have from 2016. Here's the record on Thursday night football of head coaches who are brand new to their team for that season. Well, as the head coach with one little asterisk in there. Um, and the record is eight and 15. The first year coaches are eight and 15 since 2016. Now there's a couple things in there. One of those wins was one was by one. I got to double check that that was there. Yes, the one of the wins in 2016 was by one Mike Malarkey as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. But the problem with that one was he was actually the interim coach for part of the season the year before. So that one's an interesting one if you really want to count that. But I'm going to go ahead and count it because we'll let that we'll let that go in there. Roll to the numbers. So that's 34.8 percent. Uh, winning percentage for for first year coaches on Thursday night football going with the short week. Now here's another thing though. Out of those three wins and the corresponding three losses, was Thursday night games where two first year head coaches were matched up against each other. So one of them was guaranteed to win. If you just take those games out of the equation, both the wins and the losses, that drops the record down to 5 and 12, which is under 30% winning percentage. It's 29.4%. So teams with a first-year head coach are kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to Thursday night football. Now, here's something else to go with that. The only time in the last five years, that's all the further I went back because this took a long time to figure this all out. In the last five years, the only time a, a, okay, sorry, last four years. I did that wrong. Since 2016, last four years, my fault, that a first-year head coach won on Thursday night football against a team with a winning record 
was in one of those games where it was two first-year head coaches going against each other. So over the last four seasons, a first-year head coach has not defeated a team with a winning record that has a coach that's coached for more than one season at that on that team. And what's interesting is a lot of these games where the, where 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 these coaches have won are because they were head coaches from from somewhere else. That it's not their first time as a head coach; it's just their first year head coach for that team. For example, the only the only first year coach that's won on Thursday Night Football this year is Bruce Arians, which is in his first year at Tampa. But he's this is not his first year as a head coach, so. That, you know, that's another thing to take into consideration. So here are the Browns with a coach who, in my opinion, I didn't get to see the Browns game yesterday. I don't really even know much what was going on because everything I've done today was trying to catch up with more Steelers stuff was and, until they, they, they won a game yesterday against a team with a winning record. They've been kind of a hot mess and it seems like their head coach is in over his head. So going on a short week to me, Major advantage Steelers. Now, there are other concerns and other factors that come in. Of course, this it's one of those things like Jeff Hartman says, this this only happens, and you know, it, it's only that no one's done it until somebody does. You know, there was never a six seed that ever went through the playoffs and won the Super Bowl until the Steelers did it. So it only doesn't happen until it does. So that's interesting. Now, now with a lot of these games, it didn't even matter that these teams or whether they were home or away. It, the bigger factor was the first year head coach, whether it was on the road or at home. Um, home teams in general on Thursday night football over the last, I think I might have even looked back like six or seven seasons. It's it, they they win just over sixty percent of the time, which is kind of what you would expect. So it's not it's not like the home team has a major advantage on Thursday night football more than it would otherwise. So these first year head coaches, when they do manage to pull off a win on Thursday on Thursday nights, it's generally against some teams that don't have a very good record. Like some of these teams, just looking back at a few of them, are, um, how about like an 0-3, a 5-6, a 2-6, and 6, things like that. Those are the kind of records of teams that they are that, that they're, are, are beating. I think this is, this is the key factor to this game coming up, is how well will the Browns be in preparation for the Steelers? Uh, so that, so, so we'll see now the Steelers got to get their run game going. They, they really do. Um, I've, I feel like I'm not alone. I feel like a lot of people in the area where I was seated at the stadium are very, their frustration with the Steelers is a lot like mine. The reason the Steelers are struggling with their run game, they, they love to cheer for Zach Banner that he's eligible, but the problem is those plays aren't effective. Those plays are not effective because you know they're running the ball. The Steelers are completely telling when they're running the ball. I was actually earlier tonight. I hope you all um, caught the Steelers hangover. Um, Brian was in rare form, man. He was fired up, excited. He was like a like a like a giddy schoolboy, just going on and on. He was he was loving it. But I, I talked to Brian and Tony for a few minutes after the show. And, and what was interesting is, as I told them that a lot of times, you know, my brother and I were sitting there talking and other people around us and based on who they had on the field and the way they lined up in a formation, we were calling what plays they were running and we were probably getting them right 
three quarters of the time. Like I'm saying, I'm like, oh, here you go. They're going to run left. And what do you go there? Boom, they run left. Now, with the exception of the play action pass for the safety, um, <laughs> for, for sorry, I heard from my brother. I don't know if he's going to get to join us. Um, with, with the exception of the play action pass for the safety, most of the time when we weren't right on what we thought they were going to run, they were successful plays. They worked well for the Steelers because, I mean, if we're just a couple of, you know, football fans sitting up in the, in the stands and we can see what's coming, obviously the professionals have a good idea of what the Steelers are trying to run. They got to get a little bit better at disguising what they're going to do. So that's something that they – it's fine if they're not there yet and they're getting towards that because they are winning along the way. They're relying heavily on the defense. And I know the offense is a concern, but it's only a concern until it's not as long as they're progressing in that direction. And that's the biggest concern that I have is do they even identify that as a problem that they're basically telling the other team what they're going to do with every play. So Sorry, I wanted to, to to mute myself before I coughed into my microphone. Um, I'm, my my voice is very raspy from yelling at the game last night. It was it was pretty intense. That was a, that was, that was a really good win. So I'm sorry, I just kind of rambled on. I talked some about the numbers, but I, I think that's a really key thing to talk about. Is is the steel is are the Browns going to be? Pre- it's more about are the Browns going to be prepared for the Steelers. And the Steelers, you can't start slow. You can't start slow. That's three straight games now that the Steelers have turned the ball over on their opening possession. They, you know, last week they at least got some first downs. I think they did, I don't know if, they didn't look bad until the turnover happened. Uh, but it was, like I said, it was only 14 seconds into the game. I can't even remember how many plays it was because I wanted to forget that drive altogether. So... At this time, I'm going to go back and look for some numbers or questions in the live chat. I'll start looking at this point. I'll remind you, you can use the Super Chat feature if you wish. Um, Just type it in, hit the dollar sign, any amount you want, and I'll make sure I definitely bring that one up. Okay, here's someone that got one right when I went to do it. Um, (laughs) Should Dave, should Mason do commercials too? I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know if they're referring to Juju or what that was, but... So sorry about that. Just my, my, I don't have much of a voice left, but uh, I, I think that's kind of funny. Um, Jerry is right, and this is something that I try to say every time when I do my by the numbers at the end of uh, after every game is we're talking about other stats, but the most important stat is the win. You got to get the win. You want to get the the tallies in the win column and keeping the numbers the same in the loss column. That's always the most important. So I, and I identify that all the time because some people just wanted to say like, why are we talking about stats? Well, we wouldn't just need to worry about wins. I'm like, well, part of looking at the stats and everything is looking at what you did well to repeat it and what you need to do better to improve it. So that's a lot of the stuff we're looking at, but Jerry, you're spot on all about the wins. Okay. Uh, Brian says 16 wants to know will Connor ever play all season or is it time to get a back that can last a season? Here's the thing. It's a, it's a brutal position. It really is. And you never know. I mean, durability with that doesn't always have to do with the player themselves. It could be with the scheme. It could be with the blocking. It could be with all kinds of different stuff. So 
I don't want to ever call anyone super injury prone. I mean, if you're, if you're a running back and you're constantly having non-contact injuries, then that would be a concern to say you were injury prone or something like that. But if you are having contact injuries, those are going to happen. And there's, you know, you're never going to know when it's going to be and when it's not going to be, you know, the people ask the same thing about number 26, not the new number 26 that had 10 tackles yesterday, but the former number 26 that, that his durability was an issue because he got injured so, so often. So I would not, the way you have to handle running back in the NFL these days is don't write them off. Can't do that. But, but you've got to have more than one. And the Steelers have learned that the hard way, especially when they would ride one for so much of the season. It doesn't work anymore. You've got to have two or three ready to go because next thing you know, number three can be number one because that is a very tough position in the NFL. I've, I've often said to people and parents that were concerned about about their children playing football. Um, I remember a good friend of mine, his wife um, was, was concerned about, about their son playing football. I'm like, he's playing offensive guard. He's the guy doing the hitting, not taking the hits. And that, the running back, that's the guy that all he does is take hits. That's, that's all he does. Take hits, take hits. And, and, and a much more bigger collisions constantly with every play at a running back than in any other position, in my opinion. So that's just going to be the nature of the game. So to say, oh, he's no good. We need to get someone else. You're not going to find someone who can play constantly play 16 games every season. If you do it, that has more to do with luck than the actual player. Um, North wants to know how many botched snaps by Pouncey. I don't know. That's been several because he had a few. My brother kept saying there's something wrong with Pouncey. He just, you know, then when when he tripped up his own running back and things like that, is there more to the calf injury? Is he getting along in the tooth? Is He's always been more of a finesse guy than a power guy. Um, I don't know. I felt that he got better as the game went on um, only because I don't know if he really did, but a lot of times with offensive linemen, they're doing well when you don't notice them. So uh, as the game went on, I did not um, notice him. Um I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, my live chat just skipped a whole bunch. So let's see if I can catch back up. So, um, um, some, some people were just being ridiculous. I think they're just almost trying to make me mad. Um, um, here's a good question. Do I think we can get eight sacks on the Browns? I think this is going to be a good question. There's a, there's more factors to this question than what most people realize. And here's why. Eight sacks of the Browns. That's a lot. Now, the Browns don't have a very good offensive line. They don't. And frankly, I don't think they have a very good quarterback. 
And frankly, when that quarterback was taken number one overall, I thought they were crazy because I felt the quarterback that was drafted in the third round of that draft was better than the one taking taken number one overall. And currently the stats back that up for 2019, but that's a whole different story. But when it comes to the sacks and it comes to the line, the biggest thing that teams will do when they know that you have that great pass rush is they will game plan around, you know, shotgun, quick throws, things like things of that nature. But they don't have much time to game plan. So it's hard to see what they're going to do. If they're going to try to implement something to take care of that, if they're going to, you know, or if they, they come up with some kind of scheme to try to, to, to try to use that against against them. I, I, I would like to see six for sure. Eight would be fantastic. I think this is a team that they could go after them. Do not let Mr. Baker Mayfield get back there and get comfortable. Um, but the thing is, even when he's not rushed, he still doesn't have great stats. Um, so here we go. Um, <laughs> Dallas was tough. If we have less than 50 yards and win, is it, is it a credit to Mason or just the D? Um, I mean, they, they keep stats on when a quarterback starts, if, if they win. Um, I personally thought that Mason Rudolph, he might not have been completely poised and everything in the pocket all the time, but, uh, I mean, he was pretty good. Some people didn't like the shuffle pass in stadium. I didn't have a problem with it because he was avoiding the sack. I know the announcers influenced a lot of what people thought about him being crazy for doing that, but I'm like, he just took the ball and threw it to an open spot. So he didn't take the sack. Because the way the Steelers' offense works, especially when they're basically coming out and saying, we're going to tell you we're going to run on first down and we're going to run right here. Why don't you see if you can stop us? And then the Steelers use, lose a yard or two on first down. What ends up happening? Then you're in second and longer. You 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 need every down. And if you, you're having big negative plays like penalties or sacks, it, that's what's going to kill a drive the way that the Steelers' offense is right now. I'm trying to skip ahead. Um there was something I, I just saw someone say it and I want to bring it up because I got to get to some of the super chat stuff. I know I have at least one super chat coming um, that someone said it is very rare that any running back plays all 16 games anymore. So here we go. We've got Kevin. He says 134 games in the long uh, games in the longest running AFC rivalry. Yes. That is that the exact number. I'll, I'll go to trust you that that's correct. That, uh, that, that this is how, how many games they have. Um, um, going in here, it's 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 crazy. I think what was the stat I saw that um, Mike Tom has a really good record against the Browns. I think his only losses and his tie were all in Cleveland. I th I, I think he's it's eight three and one. Sound right? Is that enough years that he's eight three and one in Cleveland? Um, which which is what it is there. So so yeah, that that's a good one. Let's see what other stuff we're going to try to. To, 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 to slide back and see if I can find anything else. Um, um, Jerry says he can't stand all the media guys or commenters and podcasts. Um, sorry, that can't uh, that, that say Mason is awful. It doesn't make any sense to me. They are question. Some people are questioning his decision making. I can see that at times, but they also don't know everything that's going into it. We had a. If you didn't hear it last Thursday, Brian and I both had a really big rant about how we feel that Coach Feetner is working against his quarterback. Uh, at times, especially with some of the stuff that he's saying publicly in his um, Thursday coordinators stuff, which I'm glad we don't have this week, um, that it doesn't seem like he's doing all that he can to build and progress 
his young quarterback that that that's his job and he's not really doing it um yeah i this was one that i that i put in my article from this past week from tyler mckenzie um how about zero receptions for cooper cup he had zero receptions todd Gurley had zero receptions who he usually catches some balls out of the backfield as well. So that that Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup was in the – I put in the article, I think he was in the top five or six with both receptions and yards coming into this past week. And the Steelers shut him out. It was – it was a thing of beauty. We got concerned a little bit when the Steelers had the, when we're in stadium, we got concerned a little bit, my brother and I, the first time that the Steelers were holding them. And it was one of those situations where like they've played man pretty much the whole game for a lot of the stuff that we saw. And then they started playing that soft zone with, with of like the prevent defense. And we're like, come on, play what you've been doing. Well, I don't know if they switched out of it or not because we couldn't always tell, especially as it got further away from us. Um, but they made the stop. People started leaving the stadium like, hold on. The, the, they still have three timeouts. We got to do this again because that happened to me uh, when the Steelers played Tampa Bay in Pittsburgh. I guess that would have been like about six years ago, I, I think, if, if I do the math right. Um, and where it seemed like, oh, the Steelers made a stop, kept them out of the end zone. And um, – and got the ball back on fourth down. And then they didn't do anything and had a terrible punt and they lose the game with nine seconds. So, um, so, so that's, that's interesting, but, but yeah, that it seemed like then the defense is like, no, just, just go after him, go after him. All right. I know I got another super chat. want to make sure we bring this one up because um wanted to thank Kevin for his dollar 99 in the chip tip jar, because why can't I find this one? There we go. Grayson gives us 1999 into the tip jar. He says, I've watched the entire season so far. Can honestly say um, Randy Feigner is handicapping Mason. Mason is young and inexperienced, but has great potential. I think the OC is intentionally holding him back to save face for Ben. I'm glad you gave me your opinion. I'm going to let you get it out there for that, especially for 1999. Um, I don't know if it's an intentional or I don't know if it's an inept thing. Is Coach Feetner so insecure without Ben Roethlisberger that he's afraid that the criticism would come on him and he wants to make sure the criticism's on his quarterback? Uh, if that's the case, then, 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 dude, that's just too petty. Then you, you are in the wrong occupation to be doing that. I think Coach Feetner is a good quarterbacks coach, and I think that's really what he was until Ben got hurt. He was just a quarterbacks coach that kind of led Ben in order to do what he wanted to do. So I don't know the, uh, how he is as an offensive coordinator. And I think that could be part of it is that he wants to make sure that, I mean, he wants to not take the blame. I don't know if that's his, his logic or not, but the fact that it feels that way um, is, 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 is interesting. I'm seeing some other people putting some stuff in here about coach Feetner. Um Dallas was the, who's the biggest sleeper on our schedule. Um, like I say, I don't, I'm not sleeping on the Browns this week because they have talent on their roster. They just are, don't have it together. And the problem is in AFC North football, you know, all bets are off. Look what, look what the Browns did the last game they had in AFC North football when they took out the Ravens. And I mean, they beat them bad and they ran all over them. Um, that's something that the Steelers cannot afford. Uh, the Steelers, this is a, these next three games are enormous, enormous 
because even though, like you say, like we have here from, from I'm going to say Rand, take away Juju's fumble versus the Ravens. Yeah, you take away that fumble and look at that. The Steelers are are winning the winning the North, assuming they went on to win that game. So they would be leading the North. But these the reason these next three games are so important is if the Steelers w- beat the Browns twice and the Bengals once, then that means no matter what happens with Baltimore, all they have to do is be within one game of them going in the last week of the season, and they would be playing for the division because they would have they would be able to win and have the division tiebreaker, regardless of what Baltimore does with the other AFC North teams. All they got to do is drop one other game, um, or one more game than what the Steelers would drop, to where they'd be within one, because the Steelers would have a better divisional record. Because if they beat both Cleveland and Cincinnati twice, which Baltimore has not done. They don't they they beat Cincinnati once, but they lost to Cleveland. So yeah. Um someone said this that they read this and I thought I saw this too, that they remember correctly. This is North Top about actually has a better rating with pressure than without. Um that was a few weeks ago. That was at least two weeks ago. I don't know if that's still the same or not. Kind of like some of my numbers that people have asked me. I'm like, I haven't checked for a couple weeks. So this this is going to be um be interesting. Okay. Um, Darren Dalt wants to know over under seven Steelers offensive drives will end with a punt. I'm going to say under, I'm going to say seven instead. Did I say seven? It said nine on the screen. I don't know what, what I said. Um, so here, let's see what else we got here. This has been fun. We're t- doing some of these tonight. Okay. Um, and we have for maybe 10 more minutes of taking some questions where we can do more than one of us. Yeah. How's it going? Jumped in finally. This is going to make people happy because they're tired of listening to me. Um, So this is good. Can you hear me? me? Because I'm actually on my phone because Alex was working on a paper. Oh, no. When the daughter has to use use for the paper, that's okay. Uh, We got you pretty good now. Like I said, we got about maybe 10 minutes left. Um, I've just been answering some some questions now. So I'm going to – what I'm going to do now is I'm going to – kind of let this go to you. I'm going to let you talk about this one. False start on a kicker. We had to explain this to the people around us, didn't we? Because they were like, oh, that's yeah, a terrible did. call. And what? so so what happened? Uh, just um, Boz missed time, the snap, and started forward. So technically what it is, when the snap goes, he's moving towards the line of scrimmage um, when the snap happens. So it's false start on him. And the problem is when you focus on the line of who moves or whatnot, people weren't looking at the kicker. And, yeah, because he starts moving – that could set off the defense to then come, come across that. Believe it or not, was a good call. We don't know if they said that on TV or not because, because well, obviously we didn't get to hear on TV. So that, that was well, interesting. I was glad the field goal was a chip shot. So moving back five yards really didn't make a big difference. Really did not make a difference. And boy, how important was that call that that was a forward pass that was batted off of the arm and not knocked out of his hand where the ball would have been back at the 50. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. What's another thing that – I don't know if they ever explained really well, 
what happened when when there was the challenge that then wasn't a challenge? Did they, I don't know if they caught it. Did they explain that well on TV? They explained it in the stadium, but it was it, it had gone to commercial. And I had some other people on Twitter comment like, we don't really know what happened. Uh, do you remember that one from from last night? Um, well, that's where there were that's where there were two penalties on the defense. Um, I'm trying to remember what the two were. Was one a hold? We had a hold yeah. and an interference call, right? Yes. Yes. Got to throw that up there. Kathy says hi. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what. Oh, because because on the pass interference, the ball was intercepted. Oh, was because it that play? The ball, yeah. And then yeah. because the ball was intercepted. Yes. It would have been a turnover. It was an autumn. It would have. It, the turnover would have had to have been verified by. By by the league anyway, you know, Good by review. Replay. Not not a challenge, right? Yes. And you and I sat there, and we were just like, "Well, let them challenge it," because even if they wouldn't challenge, then we just accept the hold. We were keeping the ball, so it really, yeah. I, I don't know what McVeigh was thinking by even challenging that, because he wasn't going to end up with the football the way he wanted to. Exactly, because even if it, he wanted to say it was a tipped ball, that doesn't matter when it comes to defensive holding. Defensive holding is different than it being a, with with it being a tipped ball. And we were talking about it. They were a commercial. We could just tell with everything else going on. And the and the head and, and the the referee, the head official, had not even gone over to look at the at the um. At, at the screen and he was right. talking with McVeigh and I'm, and I'm saying to you, they're trying to explain to him, Hey, if you do really want to challenge this because you're not going to get the ball no matter what, because if not, then that's not a penalty. They'll still be the holding. And that's what we assumed. Then they come back and say, you just tried to challenge a play. That's not challengeable. So therefore you lost your timeout. Yep. So that, that was pretty interesting. Um, Douglas, McVay, I would have liked to have heard McVeigh. Um, if, yeah, we didn't get to catch his post game comments. I'd like to. Did you hear it? Did he say anything about that at all? I I did not get to listen to any of their stuff. Yeah, but I, I do want to say that Douglas didn't have anything with his. I'll see if he says anything later. But he did throw a dollar into the tip jar. So 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 thank you very much there. Um, let's see if there's anything else. That was just that was just a really good. Uh, I, I was telling everyone, you and I are undefeated when we go together and and yep. sit in those very same seats. Um. See, I'm trying to see if I can find some more questions or any other numbers coming here. There's a lot of people having their own side conversations, which is always great and fun with these. Um, <laughs> X Eddie B wants to know: um, Will the offense start us off seven points in the hole again on Thursday? So, which is which? I mean that. <laughs> How, what is your, what was your feel of the stadium when we got there? I mean, we're, we're getting ready to try to go live on YouTube and we're looking for excited people. And how easy was that to find? Yeah, we couldn't find it. Was, it, it, you just had the feeling from everybody there. And I have to say, I don't know about you, but I was included. I was one of those where it was just, eh, we're here. Don't know how confident I am we can win this game. I hope yeah. we have a good showing. Exactly. And then 14 seconds into the game, that play happened. And, you know, I think if you'd have yelled out something in the stadium, they'd have picked you up on TV. Mm -hmm. It was that quiet. 
Yeah. Which is which is the question right here where where Bo wants to know what went through your head after that first play. How did I mean we just all kind of looked around, we're like, Really? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because, I personally, I didn't put that on, on Mason. I thought that was more oh, of a nice. snap on Pouncey, yeah, and it was just like, oh. I'm like, well, defense is going to – well, at least the offense gets the ball back now. But once again, I, I brought it up before, three turnovers um, or three straight games turning the ball over on the first drive, which is which is ridiculous. But uh, just to bring you up a little bit since I know you're, you're in here, just to – I'm going to ask you one last question, and this might be all, all that we get tonight, and it was – what the title of the show was based on, as I said, the short week is bad for the Steelers, but it's worse for the Browns. Cause I threw out some numbers about how first year coaches coaching on Thursday night have a very bad record. And, and in the last four years that I went back, there's yet to be a first year coach win a game on Thursday night against a team with a winning record, unless that other coach was also a first year coach. So they don't do very good against quality opponents. All right. So, so you said that. Who were the two first-year coaches went up against each other? Oh, there was three of them. There was in the last really? few years. There was three. Let's see. In 2018, it was Chicago and Detroit. Um, okay. In 2017, it was the Rams and the Niners went on Thursday night. And they both had first-year coaches. That was um, Shanahan McVay. And then. Yeah. Back in 2016, it was Philadelphia and the Giants. I, I'm sorry. I was going to tell you this privately, but let's put this on the show. People might want to hear this. I was going back to look up first-year coaches. This is funny. In 2016, there were seven first-year coaches. And I found an article in USA Today. It was written in January after all the hires that ranked how good everybody did with hiring their first-year coach. And they ranked him in order. And here's who came in last for that year. One, I'm pretty sure it's Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Last, who went on to win the Super Bowl the following season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's who was in, here's who was in front of him. Six was Mike Malarkey. Five was Adam Gase. Four was Dirk Cutter. Three was Hugh Jackson, two was Ben McAdoo, and one was Chip Kelly. <laughs> Every oh single one of those other ones are no longer the head coaches of those teams. And only one of them is a head coach at all, and Adam Gase that is now with the Jets. So it just goes to show how much we really know about stuff. And the information they were saying about Peterson was was, was hilarious. But – uh, I just stumbled across that with my other research, and I thought maybe people people would 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 get a a kick out of that. So it just goes to show how how well some of these things don't age. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here, unless I have anything that yeah. Um, someone said Hugh was number three. Yeah, he was number three. 
Um, I still can't believe the McAdoo was two. That was pretty funny because he was kind of a yeah. disaster there. And and oh, <laughs> and they were completely ripping on the Eagles for getting rid of Chip Kelly, who was the who was so brilliant to go to San Francisco, and uh, and that anyone they could have got there would have been bad. It, it was pretty funny. So um, some people were throwing out some scores. If you want to to finish up and you want to throw out a, a possible score or what you think the um, um, what what do you think it'll be on Thursday? Um, here, Michael says, Dave, go to the game with your bro. It's math, simple math, um, because we do pretty well with that. Um, and uh, Bo says, Freddy Kitchen should not be able to beat us at anything other than a chili cook-off. Um, that's what we're hoping. Um, where was the one that I saw? We got Steelers 38, Browns 27. I'll be honest with you. If the Steelers are having to put up that many points, I'm afraid the only way they're scoring that many points is if they're trying to come from behind, and I don't like that scenario. Um, one thing that you might have missed, bro, early in the show, Browns are favored by two and a half points in this game. So that's just that's just. All right, so that means technically it's us by what a point? Yeah, if it was on a neutral half field, a point. half a point. Okay. Yeah, half a point because um, they get free for being the home team. Yeah, here's someone. I guess I'll bring this up this time. I don't know if I want to want to, but um, said I predicted 17, which was right, just the wrong team. I said that after the game. Said I said right we've got our 17 streak. It's always got a. There's always been 17 points scored by one of the teams in every game you and I've gone to. Um, Jerry has 27, 23 Steelers. Um, want to throw this out so, here? I, honestly, uh, I think that's probably still high. Yeah, Kathy has two dollars of tuition for football school. Um, is that for you or for me? I'm not sure. Probably um, for I don't know. Yeah, uh, North. We have to split a dollar each. Here we go. How about how about seventeen to ten? Um, that's oh, that's getting there. <laughs> uh, here we go. They said um, OU versus OSU, meaning um, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State of um, fifty-five forty-five. Um, Kevin says thirteen to six Steelers. Ah, I missed one. Um, it, it skipped. Uh, uh, 27-13 Steelers. S here we go. This is an interesting. 17-9. Sounds right. Okay. Um, oh, that's what Kathy explained. She's the student. She's the student, and I guess she thinks that we're the we're the teachers for the football school. So um, that would be um, you. I'm just here for you know yeah. my good looks, I guess, or something. Yep. Dilly dilly. Um, 31 21. Okay. Lots of people liking the Steelers. Count 17 points off of turnovers for a 38 27. These all sound great. So I'm hoping that I'm glad we did. Like I said, I'm glad I did the show tonight that we could still talk about the upcoming game with the Browns. I really wanted to talk about those numbers with the first year coaches. So we doubled up tonight. Here's what's coming from behind the steel curtain. It looks like, unless. There has to be a last-minute change because of other things that you're going to get the Steelers preview tomorrow night, and the standard is the standard on Wednesday. If anything, it could be flip-flop, but most likely it's not. Thursday, you're going to get a post-game show after the Browns game. Then this weekend, you will have a Yeah, I Said It, a Steelers burning question, and another show that we'll do, probably a Steelers Q&A. Um, not sure exactly which is going to be on which day. Unless... The hangover comes in early because it's closer to the game. 
most likely they're probably not. They're probably going to stay on Monday and be really, really, really hungover after an extended weekend of the, going from the Steelers playing on Thursday. Of course, behind the steel curtain, man, we had lots of content out there today. We've got to get it all to you from one game to the next, all condensed down, coming at you. We've got lots of articles there. We've got the injury reports. We've got breaking news. We've got lots of breakdown from the game and lots of stuff to get ready for Thursday. So make sure you're stopping in there. That's your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I'm glad Rich could come in and join at least for part of it. Be a oh, part sorry. of the community. Couldn't sorry let down the fans, right? Tried to get in there earlier, um, but things just didn't work out. I apologize yeah. for that. Yep, but uh, I'm I'm just it's what happens when we have to change nights. I knew that was going to be a problem, but uh, we we did what we could. So. Thank you all, and I'm going to send you off. He was in the live chat earlier making sure he could throw out all the numbers that he could. Lance Williams was supporting the show. Um, as he likes to say, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you all next week with the Steeler Stat Geek. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.